Blog Talk Radio. I hear the voice. It's the voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. I hear you calling me, Jesus. I hear the voice. The voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. You hear him calling you. He's saying, Come up higher. I hear the angels sing. Yeah. Come up higher, my beloved. Come up higher. Leave this world behind. You'll find the two.
Give the Lord praise tonight. Thursday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg. Um, For the next hour, hour and a half, um, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. Um, Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything whatsoever, please give us a call. Um, We're definitely always here to pray for you, um, to pray for your needs and any praise reports you have. Um, please give us a call about those two. Um, if you can't make it to a telephone and you need prayer, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We have a chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayerinternational. So the first half of my broadcast, we're actually going to be conducting in my car as I drive home. I actually had to leave the house because I forgot to drop my rent check off and so um, like everything in life there's always small things that come up um, so um, to start it off um, seasons I guess is a good way to start um, you know we in life have to go through um, so many different seasons um the Lord moving us from one place to another. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it a lot on the show. Um, the verse in um, Corinthians, Second Corinthians, I believe, that says, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God, meaning that the Holy Spirit transforms us. We don't transform ourselves. We never could transform ourselves. Just like we are completely inadequate and unable to bring forth our own salvation and our own righteousness. 
in the same manner, we're completely unable to bring forth our own transformation. The Bible says that if anyone's in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, that process, the transforming process of being born again into the newness of life, to, um, which isn't just being, um, it's not even something mystical. Um, the Bible refers to it as even adoption process, um, which, you know, some of you can relate to. I definitely can relate to, um, as I have a six-year-old foster child that um, lives with me. And, um, you know, there's a transformation process in her identity that has to take place um, when you're removed from one environment um, by grace and mercy and translated transformed into another environment, um, which is for your better. Um, and you know, that's what the Lord does. He takes us from the family, if you will, the kingdom of the enemy, the dominion of the enemy, and translates us and plants us into his own kingdom, calls us his own children. Um, you know, if you read through the Bible... Um, one thing you'll notice is the grace of God. Um, always finding men struggling to become what they can never possibly become on their own. The Bible never, the Bible says be holy for I am holy. But without a way to be holy, what good is it? Well, it, the good comes in the grace of the Lord. Because even Jesus himself said, um, why do you call me good? There is none good but God. And so all transformations for our good come not to us, but they come from God. The Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Um, a lot of times we lean way too much on our own ability, um, our, our own ability to fix our own problems. You know, sometimes our own ability to even figure out our problems. Because, you know, we at times see a situation with a physical, earthly mindset without actually really having a true sense of what's going on in the picture. And what I mean by that is, um, to give you, say, an analogy, um, you know, take a person who's looking for a job and they're praying and they're seeking the Lord for the Lord to find them a job and um, they get an offer for a job, well, what all went into that? Um, the Lord working in your heart to direct you to where to fill out an application. The Lord working in the heart of the employer to hire you. The Lord giving you grace and favor in their eyes. Um, and, you know, there's a principle of living in the grace, and I don't know if it's actually a biblical I don't want to say biblical, but um, many people come up with all sorts of laws and doctrines about the kingdom of God, and there's the law of this and the law of this, and um, so many laws of everything. But from what I remember of Jesus and the Bible, the only few laws it mentions in the Old Testament is where it says in Romans, it says that, there is therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Um, the law of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Well, what does that really mean, to walk in the Spirit? Does that mean that you make an effort to spend time um, in church, or does it make it mean it makes an effort to spend time with Christians, or does it mean that your actual life has to be transformed into something that it's not? And whenever you're at a specific level in your walk with the Lord, does it mean that they're that you're done, or is it a continual process? Well, the Bible says that He has forever perfected those who are being sanctified which denotes that we're not completely sanctified. 
or there is a sanctification process happening, but regardless of the sanctification process that the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives, we're still deemed to be perfect. Abraham, who had not fulfilled the law, because was the Bible says that it was accounted to him for righteousness, not because he fulfilled all the tenets of the law, not because he was a the most perfect man, not because he was completely necessarily blameless. The Bible doesn't go into detail about any particular sins he may or may not have committed, but that's not really our point here. The point is that the Bible says that he believed God when God made him a promise, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And so we, too, when the Bible declares that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when the Bible declares that you are pure and holy in the eyes of the Father, when the Bible declares that Jesus took all your sins and that God has washed you clean in his whitest snow, it means the very ability, or not even ability, the very point of your obedience to just believe him is enough for you to be considered righteous to be accounted righteous, not based on the works of the law, but based on your faith and your belief. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. We become just through faith, through the works of Jesus Christ in our lives. And so it's a growing process of the mind, of having our mind renewed by the Word of God, to be transformed in the spirit of our mind. Um by the washing of the water, the work. You know, Jesus said um, to his disciples, he said, you're clean because of the water, of because of the words that I have spoken over to you, because the Bible is a two-edged sword to comfort, to um, to judge, to pierce to the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. Um, the Bible will always do, the Bible will always be victorious over the lies of the enemy when you're willing to trust the Word of God, but at the same time, the Word of God will also always expose you for who you really are. It will always bring you to a place of humbleness before the Lord, realizing that you are yet yet imperfect and still in need of the Lord. Um, you know, the Bible says that meat shall inherit in the earth. And, um, and it says the poor in spirit... Um, Show inherit the earth. Um, I think that's one of them. Um, but what it really means is the humble, those who are willing to lay themselves before the Father, declaring not their own strength, not their own abilities, um, but declaring that they live solely on his grace and on his mercy, trusting him for everything. Um, you know, the children of Israel who are in the desert seeking food, and the Lord brings forth manna, well, did the food come and the provision come based on their own ability to make food show up? No. It came at the point when they had run out of their resources. They had run out of their ability to provide for themselves. And so they were trusting in the Lord. And in trusting for the Lord, the Lord was able to perform a miracle that was really, if you think about it, not much of a miracle at all, because it was his very character, the Lord's very nature to be a provider. The Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh, the, um, the God our provider. And so, you know, the Lord is a provider. It's the very, one of the very aspects of his character. Um, you know, like we read in um, Corinthians, um um, about the, about love, it's Corinthians chapter 13, I believe, chapter, between chapter 13 and 14, it says um, love, it, and it goes through and it says it's love, so, I mean, um, and it says love never fails, it says, um, well, I'll just read the chapter anyway, um, and then again, in um, Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit, um, which, as we've talked about many times on this broadcast, the fruits are never something that's given. Immediately, there's something that is grown with inside of you, which is why they're called fruits. And those fruits happen in seasons. They don't happen immediately. You don't wake up the 
it's the very next day after you've given your heart to the Lord and all of a sudden you're fully perfected in love and you don't wake up the next morning and you have the utmost amount of patience. Um, you don't necessarily have the height of joy that's inexpressible and full of glory that the Bible talks about. But they just, these are things that the Lord has to work through you. And in doing so, bringing you and transforming you into the point where you exhibit his character and his integrity and you become like him. Anyway, our call in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Lord, we say how lovely your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even faints for you, faints for you, O God, for here my is satisfied within your presence I sing beneath the shadow of your wings better is one day in your heart better is one day Shining 
but how you live your life through them and how you let the glory of God and the grace of the Father move in you and through you in those seasons where it may not really appear like anything's happening. Um, You know, we all have been given promises from the Father through the Word of God that He's going to bless us, that He's going to be our provider, that His plan for us is exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And, you know, there's times when um, you read the promises of God and you trust the Father. You know who he is. You love him. Um, You know that he's a God who doesn't lie, but you look around at your circumstances and you really don't see the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. And so at times you're caught wondering, okay, God, well, what happened? Where's, Where's it all at? Where's the promised land at? Where's the blessing out, where's all this provision I've heard about that people preach about? Well, you know, it starts, I believe, and this is my opinion, that it starts not necessarily physically with what's on the outside, but it starts with your ability to trust him on the inside through every season of your life. Because, you know, there's seasons of abundance and there's going to be seasons of lack. Paul said, I have learn to abase and to abound, to be content in all things, to realize that even if you're in a prison, the Lord will always find a way of releasing you and bringing you into salvation, like Peter locked up in a jail cell where the angel came and opened up the gates, and, you know, stopped the mouths of his enemies just like David in the lion's den. Um, the Lord will always be there. But, you know, it's those seasons that we go through. And you may wonder, okay, well, why do we have to go through these obstacles to begin with? Why can't everything just be nice and peaceful and wonderful like the Garden of Eden? But, you know, you never develop certain characteristics, certain fruits of the Spirit can never be developed without the right soil. You know, someone once said, if you want patience, be careful when you ask God for it because sometimes in order to get a patience, you need to be put into a situation where it requires you to have patience. You know, the Bible says the testing of your faith produces patience. It doesn't say that you you end up with a lot of patience out of the sudden, all of a sudden, and then next thing you know, you have faith. But the very testing of your faith in the Lord produces patience understanding that our timing and his timing don't always line up completely because we have different mindsets. We see the world in a limited viewpoint. We see the world as far as yesterday, today, and, you know, maybe tomorrow what's going to happen. But the Lord sees the whole thing from beginning to end. He sees all the ways that he's planning on blessing you. He sees the path that he's planning on leading you down. He sees all the ways and opportunities that he's placing in your path to bring you and to lead you and guide you into the place of rest. You know, Jesus said, take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly of heart. And the Bible talks about in Hebrews about entering into the rest of the Lord. What is the rest of the Lord? It's a really good question. Um, yeah, the rest of the Lord is when you step back, you look up at him who is beyond all human comprehension, and you realize what it really means when it says, be still and know that I am God. to understand the greatness and the majesty and the glory of the King. To understand that He is in control. You know, a lot of times we have issues struggling moving from season to season in our life, struggling between the adversities that come up in our lives because we don't want to let go of the control we have. We want to be able to fix everything. We want to be able to have some kind of sense of accomplishment and our ability to remedy our own situations. But I'm here to tell you that a better way 
is to be still and know that he is God. To lift up your voice and worship and praise for the God who created everything. For the Son who died upon the cross for our sins. Who has declared us righteous. Who has declared us holy. Who has declared us perfect in the eyes of the Father. To receive the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, who was sent from the Father to reveal to us the heart of the Father, to reveal to us Jesus Christ himself, and come to a place of surrender where you simply lift up your hands and say, Father, your will be done. Take my life. Use it. Use me any way that you see fit. Let me be a vessel for you to use. Let me be a pot that you can fill. Let me be a vessel that you can pour out. Mold me, shape me, transform me. Take your image of my life and let me understand that image that you have for my life. Let me see with new eyes. Let me see, let me hear with new ears. Speak to me in the night. Speak to me in the day. Lead me and guide me, Holy Spirit. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, my guider, the one who my eyes are upon, the one I trust, the one I love, the one I know who will protect me. I shall not want for anything, because I know in every situation, he is looking after me knowing that he loves me, knowing that he'll provide for me, knowing that whether I'm in the mountain, on the mountain, or whether I'm in the valley, he is there with me, for he said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. He leadeth me beside the still waters, makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, it's... uh, an amazing thing that the Father leads us, guides us, makes us lie down in the blessing and the fullness of his presence, of his countenance, to reveal to us his character, not just so that he can bless us, not just so that we can be full, but that we may see him as he is, that we may understand his character, that we may increase our faith through believing in him. You know, the works that happen, the miracles, they're, um, they're wonderful when you see miracles. There's wonder, it's wonderful when you can lay your hands on someone and have them get healed. It's wonderful when you can pray for someone and see them be, have their lives divinely changed, supernaturally and miraculously changed. It's unbelievable and amazing when the Lord sets up divine appointments for you that the world would consider a coincidence, but we who know the Father know it's the working of his hand in our lives. You know, those things are they're great and they're good, and they show the world the glory of God. They point not to us, but they point to him. But in all that is to show his character, to show who he is, so that we can believe him, that we can trust him, that we can know that he'll never lie to us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. As far as the east is from the west, as far as we can go, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so, you know, the Lord will take you through seasons, Um, you know, I remember growing up as a child, um, in the Lord when I was, um, a new Christian, I always struggled because in the beginning it seemed really easy to feel the presence of God. Everywhere I went, every second of every minute of every day, I could feel his presence. And then time came 
where sometimes, you know, I just couldn't feel his presence. I would wake up and be like, God, did I do something wrong? Where are you? What did I do? And I had to learn that just because I didn't feel something didn't mean it wasn't real. Because we're not supposed to be walking according to the flesh, or we're walking according to the spirit, with the eyes of the spirit, with the ears of the spirit, sensing things through our spirit, understanding that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not always about how you feel. It's not always about the joy and the frustration and all the emotions of this life. But sometimes you have to look past that and go beyond that to see through his eyes, to see his battle plans, to see his blueprint for your life. And, you know, so he'll take you through seasons. And just as in the good seasons, as in the bad, you need to be able to lay your life before him, open it up before him to release the lock that you may have placed on your own heart to guard away from the world, but also from him. To let him have full control, to let him have full reign in your life. But it's a process. It's never something that happens immediately. It's a slow, growing process. You know, he said that he is the vine and we are the branches. You know, and the branches grow fruit. But the life of the fruit is not in the branches. The life of the fruit is in the vine. All the sustenance comes from the vine. You know, um, my wife has a garden, and one thing she's always having to remind me of is that you don't necessarily need to spray the leaves or the branches because where a tree or a plant needs water at is at the root. It's where the vines are. It's where the base of the tree is which is the Lord Jesus, and everything, the fullness of us, our very life is in him. And because of him and through him, the fruit that's produced in our lives is through him. It's because of him. It comes from him through us, and we create fruit. Well, you know, there are seasons in a plant's life that, you know, sometimes plants start off really small. And then sometimes they slowly grow after being watered by the Lord, receiving sunlight. And they take on a transformation process. Because the seed that's planted never grows up to become the seed. There's always some kind of transformation process. But if you actually are looking at the seed... And getting frustrated with the seed because it hasn't changed and having a, uh, having a fear that you're always going to just be a seed, then you've missed the whole point of being planted. Because the Bible says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And when you're willing to understand that your old life was just a seed, that this new life is being grown inside of you through the Holy Spirit, and that you're going to have seasons of being watered. And you're going to have a season of harvesting. And then you're going to have seasons where you're just a seed and needing to receive the protection of the Lord from the elements and from the enemy who would come and try to pluck out the seed. You will know that in the end, while a seed may not be able to see itself as anything more than a seed, the Lord sees it as a completed plant, as a beautiful, glorious plant that demonstrates his glory into the earth and bears fruit and life. So this is Prayer International Radio, our calling number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, please give us a call. If you can't make it to a phone, please email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And we'll be back in just a second.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our calling number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. So, um, for the last few minutes of the broadcast, we're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer. Father God, Lord, through all the seasons in our lives, Father, for all the wonders wonderful adventures you allow us to walk through. Lord, your word declares in Ephesians that we are your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which you prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Your word says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So, Father, tonight we lay our lives before you. Father, whatever seasons you have brought us out of and whatever seasons, Lord, that you are moving us into, as individuals, Father, as a corporate body, as the bride of your Son, Jesus Christ, as the dwelling place of your Holy Spirit, as your word declares that we are being built up together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. Father, so whatever season you're moving us into, Lord, we ask for you to have all the glory and honor, Father. We trust your word that says your grace is sufficient and your strength is made perfect in our weakness, Lord. And so for all those listening tonight, Father, I ask that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, let the eyes of their hearts be flooded with light that they may understand, they may, be, they may perceive, they can comprehend that, Father, they would know the hope of their calling. Father, that you would reveal yourself to us, Lord, in a new way tonight, Father. Father, take our eyes high above, Father. As we are seated with you, Lord, let us have your overall perspective over our lives, Father, over your plans for our lives, Lord. Father, we trust and rest upon your grace, Lord, resting in trust, and rest, resting and trusting, Father, on your mercy for our lives, Lord. Father, asking that your will your perfect will would be done in us, Father. Lord, that just as we are the branches, Father, that you would bear fruit through us, Lord. Father, fruit to bring life and nourishment to the world around us. Lord, transform our minds, Father, through your word into the mind of Christ. Lord, begin to speak with us through the day, Father, deep into the night, Lord. Let your will be made known to us, Father. Let your presence be made known to us, Father. Let your character and your integrity, Lord, even your personality be made known to us, Father, so that we can know you fully, Lord. Not that we can have a relationship where we just say that we know of the Lord. Father, that we can truly say that we know you, Lord, as you have known us. Father, we desire to serve you, Lord, and worship you, not based on anything we could obtain, except you, Father. Your word declares that you no longer call us servants, but you call us friends. For the servants don't know what their master is doing, Lord. But yet we know, Father, through your Holy Spirit, that you are have proclaimed victory through our obstacles. You have proclaimed victory through our struggles. You have proclaimed victory through our bondages. You have proclaimed victory over our doubts and our fears, Lord. So, Jesus, we give you glory and honor. Glory and honor, Jesus, for you are lifted high, that you are exalted. Jesus, that you are magnified. 
but you are our all in all. Father, we desire to become one, Lord, with you, become one with your word. Father, that we can take the word, scrolls of your word, Lord, and consume them. Father, so that deep within inside us we become rivers of living water springing up into eternal life, springing up and bringing life and healing to the nations, Lord. Father, let your divine and sovereign will, Lord, be accomplished, whether by signs and wonders, Lord, or by men and women and children, Father, who bear your name, Father, who bear the mark of the Holy who have turned their lives over and placed them upon us to you, Father. Audience who is listening, Lord. Father, that you would meet them wherever the point of their need is, Lord. That you would increase their faith and believe in you, Lord. Father, that whatever sickness, whatever infirmity, whatever oppression may be happening in their lives, Lord, that you as a mighty man of war, you're 